0: A playlist original.
1: Coming soon
0: to is Coming soon to video.
1: Coming soon to 4K Blu-ray. Ooh. A playlist original. This is the Films at Home
0: podcast. Your source for everything home entertainment.
1: Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thank you for coming back to the podcast today. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening along on your favorite podcast apps, I appreciate you all. Today's episode is going to be a really good one. Uh, We're taking a little bit of a shift away from purely physical media, but still very much movie-related, collecting-related. We're going to be talking to Ben Scrivens, who is the president and CEO of Fright Rags. Now, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you probably see I'm wearing my Fright Rags Boogeyman Club Halloween t-shirt and Fright Rags has been around for a while and they have pretty much, in my opinion, the best collection of horror movie merchandise from shirts and pins and posters and merchandise just across the board with so many great franchises that they've been able to license out. So uh, it's really interesting to talk to Ben because we're gonna talk a little bit about like entrepreneurship and how that business started. Uh, We're gonna talk about licensing the movies and the rights issues that he has with t-shirts same sort of thing that affects physical media and we're also going to talk a lot about his collection and you know how he curates a horror movie collection some of the really unique things he has in his collection how he feels about physical media that whole thing so it was a really good conversation i really like ben i love fright rags a lot i love their shirts and their merchandise and i support them so really happy to have ben on the podcast and if you guys didn't know this there is a discount code for films at home. So, whether you know Fright Rags already or you want to buy something from them after hearing Ben's story, the promo code films at home 10, all one word, one zero at the end, films at home one zero, that gives you 10% off at FrightRags.com. So, really, really cool stuff. And I'm glad they've partnered with us to give our listeners and viewers a discount. So, sit back and relax, enjoy this interview, and I will talk to you guys when it's over. All right, guys. So I'm here with with Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags. Ben, thanks for thanks for hopping on the podcast today with us. I really appreciate the time. And uh, this is pretty cool because I've been a Fright Rags customer for a while. And so now to be able to talk to the man in charge is is a pretty cool deal. So thanks. Thanks for coming on today.
0: Well, I appreciate you having me on, too, because I've been a fan of yours for a while. So (laughs) it's cool to be talking to you, too.
1: That's awesome. I see we we are both rocking the Halloween shirts. I had to make sure I was wearing my for the <laughs> for the YouTube oh, viewers. Yeah, yeah. I've got the uh that's sort of like the classic um poster there. You've got that like the V is that like the T V? Yeah,
0: it's so it's the T V ad. Yeah, so it's got yeah. like the TV and the cool thing about this real quick is like we I made sure to add, you can see it here, it's that channel thirty one. Now obviously this says the first time it was on TV, it's obviously that was NBC in nineteen eighty one, but 31 is my uh local fox affiliate was the local fox affiliate when i was a kid before we had like the fox channel before that was a thing so that was the logo i would always see because that was what they showed horror movies on it was like you know it wasn't cable it was you know regular local tv so we always added that to uh our shirts plus 31 halloween 1031 it kind of makes sense too that you're
1: right it's a good (laughs) tie-in. yeah i love that one i've got the uh I've got the new. I think this is a newer design, unless it was reprinted. It I was just reprinted. Got yeah,
0: it's, that was a reprint. We did that. Uh, oh my god, it could have been two years ago already. I can't remember now. Uh, it might have been 2020 or 2021. We we originally released that, and then we did a reprint for halfway to Halloween.
1: Yeah. So I've got the for anyone not watching and listening. I've got the the Boogeyman Club, which is like a play on the Babysitters Club, which I just. I loved because growing up, you see these all over the school library and I was like, Oh my God, the boogeyman club. That's so <laughs> great. She's babysitting. It's like, it was such a great tie in it was really, really good idea. Really fun shirt. So, um, yeah, I, I love this stuff. I love horror movies. So you guys have always been my go-to for the merch. Um, so it was super cool to get to work with you on a couple things. We did a couple, uh, quick ads and I have a promo code for people. So we'll plug that at some point at the end, but um, it was just awesome to get in touch with you and like actually work with you guys. It was like surreal for me. So much appreciated. Um, cool. It's a definite, it's an easy thing for me to to work with you because everyone, you know, loves your stuff and I love the stuff. And uh, obviously a lot of people listening and watching love the shirts um, and love horror movies. If they're following me, they probably know that by now. So um, yeah, this is just super cool. So I'm fangirling a little bit. Um, but anyway, I wanted to ask like you guys, so you're, you're out of New York, right? Because I always thought, for some reason, I was just having in my head that anybody who's doing this sort of stuff is in LA. But <laughs> it turns out you guys are you guys are a lot closer to me than I thought.
0: Yeah, I mean we're even we're not even near New York City, we're upstate New York. Like we're right. I always tell people we're Canada because that's we're only an hour away from the border, you know? You're right though. Right. Like LA is definitely like the hotbed. And if you look at our sales and our demographic and where and even at the territories we sell in, L.A. is by far the biggest city in the country that we sell to. Um, mm. That is always number one. And then, you know, it's a mix after that. It's usually like you've got like uh, Texas and like Dallas and there, New York City and Chicago. And so, you know, obviously the major cities and other things. But yeah. L.A. is just like if you look at a heat map, it's just like, boom, <laughs> it's just huge for where we sell.
1: Yeah, I figured because it, it it was surprising. I just assumed I was like, yeah, obviously yeah. entertainment come, L.A., but. Rochester New York right which I've actually I've I've been up there it's like what it's like an hour from Toronto ish it's uh it's about
0: yeah it's an hour from the border and then Toronto's another couple hours away from that so you could get hours. to Toronto in about three hours depending on, on the line at the border if you can get right across the bridge yeah, you're good but sometimes it takes a while but uh, oh, we I've, go up to Toronto a lot I love it up there
1: so do you have a lot of sales going on up there too? Is that is that kind of popular in the area? Are you guys doing like shows and stuff in that region?
0: Well, we, we do have sales in Canada and Toronto. We don't do any shows in over the border. Like Niagara Falls has a big show and that's really close to us. The problem mm-hmm. with it is getting all that merch across the border. Yeah. And it's sure. a lot of effort and a lot of paperwork. And I've heard horror stories where you get pulled over and next thing you know like you're just you're screwed basically and honestly it's it's not worth it it's not i mean i know we could probably like we do some shows mostly monster mania and cherry hill outside of uh, cherry hill new jersey it's outside of philadelphia Mm -hmm. um it's right across the ben franklin bridge into jersey but and we do some horror hound and we do like we've done the halloween convention in pasadena before but um it's it's not something we have to do for the business in terms of like a revenue, even though we do make you know money there, it's travel sure. costs, there's a lot of time. So, we t- tend to not do a lot of shows these days because it's just we're so busy doing other things. I like going to shows and seeing people and customers and stuff, but you know, like a lot of my friends during COVID were decimated because that they relied on shows and they didn't really have another presence or too much of another presence where we're always you know, like online is our business and then going to shows right. is just sort of a fun thing
1: yeah no i mean you guys do a great job online i see the stuff everywhere so i mean you're right i mean i i work in marketing we're seeing the same thing everywhere where it's like yeah shows are shows are less important than how many people you can get this stuff in front of um yeah but i'm cu- i'm curious how how did it all start you know where did where did it all come from how did you become you know the horror movie merchandise guy essentially i mean that's <laughs> you're the biggest one i know of
0: well i appreciate that um well i it really started out of this desire to do something creative. Like I've always had this creative streak. Like I've always like as a kid I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. I wanted to be a filmmaker. Yeah. I went to school for that. I went, you know, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be in my you know, my brothers and I had a band. I wanted to do that. So, always about creating something. I just never really stuck with anything. Like as much as I liked drawing, I didn't really take it anywhere further than in my bedroom sketching with my friends or whatever. Um, same with music. I mean, we play gigs around town, but it's not like I went touring or anything. So mm-hmm. it was, <clears throat> I finally parlayed all that, like love of art and things into, uh, college where I went to school for graphic design. So I knew I could get a job maybe cause I actually really did like the design element of it, how you put things together and co- composing things, not just the drawing element or the other elements. It was all of those things together and how they fit. So I did go to school for that. And when I got out of school, I I got a job in graphic design and I was working for a really small company. We were doing laptop bags. We designed and and manufactured laptop bags, but it was literally I was the third person hired. And that was great because I got to really see how business was working. And it was a website that we sold primarily on our website, but we also sold to wholesalers. So Mm -hmm. I was taking product photography. I was doing the website design. I was doing all these things. But I just had this desire to like make something and sell something, not necessarily to make money, just to be part of something. And at the time, and we're talking 2003, uh, when I yeah. started Fright Rags, you know, it, there was no Facebook or, or even MySpace at the time or anything like that. There was all these horror message boards. And I was as a fan, cause I've been a fan of horror all my life. I was on these message boards all the time. And some of the message boards I would go on would be like uh, people that would made masks and, in in, in like stuff like stuff from the films that i love like a michael myers mask or a freddie glove or something like that and i thought what could i do in in high school and in college i was actually screen printing a little bit in classes like my art classes and stuff so i always liked kind of weird and quirky t-shirts like that was kind of known for that in high school and um just because i liked you know like just the different skate companies i would wear certain stuff or whatever And I thought I never owned like a horror shirt. Like I love horror movies and I love like weird t-shirts. Why haven't I ever owned a horror movie (laughs) t-shirt? Like, I think I owned an anchor Bay promo Halloween one from the 1998 release or something. Right. So I went looking online and the only thing I found at the time that was anything close to what I would have done or wanted to do was a company called rotten cotton, uh, started by Sean Lewis. and, he had had a magazine back in the 90s, and I think he kind of parlayed that into doing T-shirts, and he screen printed. And that was cool stuff, but it wasn't – it was a little edgier than I was looking to do, and it wasn't the same style I wanted to do. So I started thinking, what can I do that's different? And I came up with this concept. I don't know how it came up with it, but one day I thought of – like, I just see these bumper stickers and things all around, like what would Jesus do? And I was like, what would Jason do? You know what I mean? And I thought that was funny. (laughs) To me, it spoke to me as a fan because I thought, oh, that's kind of funny because it's very tongue-in-cheek. So I I did this WW hockey mask for the J and then D and a question mark. And I thought that's really clever because people would know that automatically. They don't really even need to be a fan. They just know. And I looked it up on Google. I was searching and searching to see if it had been done before and i couldn't find any evidence of anything out there so i was like i wonder if people would buy this on a shirt and at the time one of my good friends you might know him uh his name's justin mabry he went on to start trick-or-treat studios with chris Zephro. he's done all okay. the i mean if you know that company i mean he helped form it and yeah i don't know him but i have a lot of his stuff <laughs> well yeah. So this was way before that. He had a company called Night Owl uh, Productions and he did Michael Myers masks and all these other things. So we got to be really good friends. Yeah. We're the same age. We'd be on the phone for like hours and hours. And I showed him these designs. It was what would Jason do? And this ho- just a regular hockey mask, a part six hockey mask, no text. And I did this like really cheesy Michael Myers. and says trick or treat underneath. I mean, I look at these designs now and I go, ew, <laughs> you know, I just they're so gross. Um, but he goes, you should put them on my message board, see if people are interested. And I didn't want to like spam his message board with my stuff, you know? Um, But people really liked them. So just based on the response of people saying, hey, that's really cool. I would buy that. I literally over a weekend, like coded a website, uh, came up with a name, got a PayPal account to link up to it. Like I did all of that over like three or four days and I was just like – and then I, order, <laughs> I ordered 60 shirts, 20 of each design, and it cost me like 600 bucks because I did it online. It was just crazy. And my, so at the time, like I was living in an apartment with my girlfriend. We were engaged. We didn't have kids or anything yet. And uh, she's like, what the hell are you doing spending $600? Like we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to buy some shirts and see if I can sell them. Like it was literally a whim. I didn't know one – like anything what I was doing. I knew nothing. Yeah. Like – I barely even knew how to get the stuff shipped. You know what I mean? So I just started selling them and they would sell, you know, here and there. I mean, the first pop on the message board, I got a few orders and stuff. And it was just fun because people would then post about it or like say, hey, I got it. And it was cool. And then people sending me like, you know, whatever that was at the time, 15, 20 bucks for a shirt. And I was like, people are sending me money so I can send them something that they want. Like it was a trip. So yeah, that's really sort of how it got started. And then I just, I just kept at it, even though at some days, like there was wasn't orders for like two or three weeks, you know, I would just keep at it. So what what was kind of the big, uh,
1: the big boom moment? Was it was it social media? Was it when Facebook and all those things kicked off? And you could start, you know, really going hard on the, the online marketing? Was it just e commerce in general picked up? like I guess what, what made it to to get you to the point you're at now where it's like, I'm sure you're not getting uh, <laughs> orders every two or three weeks. I'm sure <laughs> no, you're getting no. m- many more yeah, than that now.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I really attribute it to not one thing, uh, really time. It was time. Like yeah, I, uh, one of my favorite marketers, Seth Godin, uh, coined a phrase, uh, it takes five years to become an overnight success. So there were so many nights and days and you know, at my job when I was supposed to be working, I would be doing this stuff. And at night when I had you know, free time or whatever, middle of the night or whatever, I was working on either new designs or, or at all of a sudden seeing like, my, these ideas are beyond what I can do. I'm going to hire a person, you know, a, a freelancer to do it. It was just, it was like slowly just dr- putting drops in a bucket until it filled up. So there were moments though, like 2005 at the end of that, it was, it was actually November 1st. I'll never forget it. Cause it's day after Halloween I had been talking to Hot Topic and they actually bought like 2000 shirts of my Nosferatu design, which it was an equally amazing and scary moment at the time, because if you're familiar with how those types of companies work, and this is every company in a Hot Topic when you're selling wholesale, they'll place the purchase order, but you have to, you know, not only, you know, get the shirts, print them First of all, there's a 60 page manual you have to read to like you have to tag everything and fold them <laughs> a certain way. You have to get trucking companies to pick them up. Certain, you know, all these logistical yeah. things, which is fine for a certain company, like other companies. For me, it was me, literally me in my house. Um, yeah, and you also have to ship it within like three weeks, and you get they pay you in 90 days after that. So it, it's like you're out all that money. And at the time, I mean, 2,000 shirts, you know, and I actually really lowballed the price to them. It was a lot of money. I couldn't just afford that. So it was a lot of work. Um, And at the time, we had switched over to um, a guy that was printing out of his garage for us. He did that for like five years for us. That was all of our shirts for like the first five years were printed out of the garage, Ah. except for that first order. And it was a lot of work. And so, But that got me a little bit of exposure because I was able to put my own Fright Rex tag on the shirt. So if they're in stores, it was like a calling card. And then a year later, my What Would Jason Do design actually got cease and desist by new line because of the hockey mask so i had to redesign Mm -hmm. it to make it not look like actually jason but people got the idea and then hot topic bought like eight thousand of them so it was crazy and again that was a lot of work but we had our tag on there so it's hard to quantify if people found us through there i wouldn't say business completely blew up after that i wouldn't say i saw it like oh my gosh now we're in hot topic and now boom i mean first of all hot topic fell off the the cliff after that year, like they didn't order anymore. It was, everything was over, it dried up. Um, we sell yeah. into them now, but I mean, it, it, that it was not going to be the way forward for my business. I decided I'm going to focus direct to customer only, uh, and which is what we still are for the most part, even though we do some of those wholesale things. We are 90% direct to customer, direct to consumer. It was just time. It was learning more about marketing, learning how to effectively you know, do email lists and segment emails or, uh, you know, it was just, it was literally, and I'm still doing it now. You learn every day. You just learn something new every single day. So I wouldn't say it was one big thing. There was definitely moments like that hot topic and stuff that happened, but it's just been a grind (laughs) for like almost 20 years. Oh, that's awesome. I I mean, I,
1: I feel you on some parts of that. I mean, when you're doing it all by yourself, I'm here by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not running a Oh, well, I guess. I don't know. Some days it feels like you're running a business. I'm just trying to create mm-hmm. content for people that people enjoy. But yeah, it is. It's it's a lot. And so I give you huge props for <laughs> taking it all on uh, and just jumping right into it, which I think is the way to go for this type of thing. I, I tell people that all the time. People always ask me like, you know, the YouTube stuff or, you know, how I I want a YouTube channel. How do I, how do I get this big as yours? And I was like, well, you go back to 2017 and you create two or three videos a week for five years. That's, I mean, that's, you're right. It's time. It is just time. I mean, I'm not doing, I I don't feel that I'm doing anything. Somebody else couldn't do. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some skills that I apply to it and maybe my presentation is good. I don't know. People like me and want to watch the stuff, but I'm not doing anything, you know, Average Joe couldn't do. It's just commitment and time, and um, that is the truth to, mo- to most of the success of anybody. I think is just keep, yeah, keep plugging it's, away at it. If you enjoy it, you'll it'll get there.
0: Well, that's it. That's a huge key because I I get that a lot too. How did you start this? How can I do this? And it's like, yeah, the thing is, you have to be willing to do it when no one else is looking, when it's not cool, or not not that it's not cool, but like when no one else cares. Like I was doing fright rags. Yeah. When nobody else knew who I was, cared about what I was doing, it didn't matter to anybody but me because was, it was in the middle of the night, you know. especially when I started having kids or whatever and they're crying and I'm running upstairs trying to deal with them and I'm working a full-time job, but I was still doing fright rags. People want immediate gratification a lot of times, so they'll start something because yeah. they're all excited, that momentum of starting something, and then when it falls off and they stop getting orders or stop something, then they're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just going to give up. And I had a lot of moments like that. I was like, ah, maybe I should just not do this anymore. And then all of a sudden an order would come in. I'd be like, oh, that was kind of cool. Someone just found me randomly. I'm going to, I'll stick it out. Yeah. And you just build that momentum. And you're right. You just, you know, people want to be YouTubers and they'll make a video and it gets seen by two people and they get all defeated. And it's like, yeah, but you can do that for years and years and years. And most of the people that are still here started a long time ago and just kept with it and didn't stop, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no the the overnight the the viral sensation part of business YouTube content it's it's one in a million it's like it's like winning the lottery it's like you know becoming Tom Cruise I mean it it, it doesn't happen not everyone's going to end up in a Marvel movie <laughs> like it's just it's nuts. also
0: fleeting like you can have a viral moment that pops but there's no gone. sustenance in there it's gone a day later people yeah. have moved on. You know, right. even like Tom Cruise has made how many movies? He didn't make just one movie. He's made all these movies so he can be Tom Cruise um, now. You know?
1: Yeah, and they flop. I mean, the,
0: sure. the Mummy. I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's
1: not not a good choice. But then he does right. Top Gun again, and it's like okay, uh, huge. He's he's back yeah. on top. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it is. You have to keep at it, even when you that that is frustrating. for People too, you go viral, and I had that feeling at first. I had a couple of videos that did really really well in the beginning for me anyway you know 10 20, views and i was like all right i got this and the next one gets you know 300 um but yeah you just ha- i mean if you enjoy it then you keep at it and you keep going and growing so um yeah. i do i think that's it just time and commitment and you know Passion too. Passion matters. You've got to like oh, what yeah. you're doing. So don't don't try to YouTube and don't try to create content or start a business around something just because you think it's going to make money because that's a yeah, surefire Don't do it for the money like, at all. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. You'll just fall off. It's going to be something you like to do or you're going to hate it very quickly. So yep. good advice. Um, I did want to get back to something you mentioned because I want to ask about this with the cease and desist on, on the Jason. <laughs> so at, at, at what point you know, you start doing, if you do a Halloween t-shirt and you're selling 20 of them, maybe it goes under the radar. At what point did the letters start coming in and you had to start dealing with the licensing to, you know, get Anchor Bay and get Universal, Paramount, whoever on board with what you were doing?
0: I mean, that again, took some time. And I knew when I started the company that eventually I would have to have licenses. And in fact, it's, it's funny, the first license I ever got, and I still have it today, I think it was within like I think it was literally within the first few months I started the company was, well, for people who can't see it, but right behind me, there's a poster for sleepaway camp Two. that. in part three, I got mm-hmm. the rights to from the, the director of that movie. And uh, we still have them to this day, but um, I knew it was, I, it was a thing that I had to do. I just didn't know yeah. how it worked. So I reached out to companies. I even reached out uh, to uh, Trankus and compass international about Halloween. Cause it's my favorite movie of all time. And I even sent them a shirt that I did that I sold in very—I mean, I sold like 31 of them—and I was like, "Here's what example of our work." And they're like, "You can't do this." (laughs) You know what I mean? It was—it was so like (laughs) ignorant. Like there's so many mistakes that I made, but um, it—you know—I would get these small licenses over the course of a few years, and they were like—I mean, little little things like no one even knows about and has ever heard about, but it was every time I got a new license, it was a a little feather in the cap and a little learning experience. Like one would have this stipulation that I'd never heard about. So I'd have to Google and learn about it. And then next thing you know, Mm. the next one would have that and something else. So it wasn't till when we really started getting into it, it was probably around 2011, 2012 because we had gotten the first sort of pop one, you know, one that we got that like, I thought was like, Oh cool. Like a little bit of a bump up was T.O.P.S. and we worked with Mars Attacks and we were able to do a limited edition uh, poster and shirt by Jason Edmiston. Um, and it was a very limited deal, but it was cool because it was a licensed thing. And yeah. then after that, Evil Dead 2, I really think of as our big first license. That was actually 10 years ago because we did it for the 25th anniversary. And now we're doing stuff for the 30th anniversary. <laughs> and that yeah. really started this kind of the ball down the hill because once you have that or something like that, you can go to another company and be like, well, we have evil that two or something. And they might be like, okay. And then you get that license and you go to another company, a bigger company, you start stepping up the ladder. And now we've got three licenses or four licenses and, and it just goes up from there. And so it was a pretty quick thing at that point to start really transitioning. I mean, it still took a few years, but it, it was a yeah. more of a direct path as opposed to here and there. Um, and so that was up until then, I'd only received a few letters, thankfully. I mean, I did get have to spend some money out of court, if, you know, several thousand dollars at one point to settle and stuff. But, you know, again, it comes with the business and, um, you know, when you're doing that kind of stuff. But uh, luckily these days, you know, we don't have to really worry about that anymore because we've everything
1: yeah and so so i mean you you mentioned you went to the director for sleepaway camp two and three is it more typical to go through the production companies or, or whoever owns the rights but then do you still have to like run these by a director or you know does john carpenter have to take a look at the halloween shirts and say okay those are good to go
0: uh, it all depends. Like for Sleepaway Camp 2, for whatever reason, Michael Simpson owned those two movies outright, 2 and 3, because um, okay. Robert Hilsick did the first one. And that was, just happened to be, a, a, I guess, a luck of the draw when I contacted him. He's like, oh, yeah, I have the rights. But traditionally, you would have to go to the studio that owns it. Or look, it's weird because especially with older films, they were by a smaller company and they got gobbled up by a bigger company and they got gobbled right. up by some other company. It is it is a mess sometimes with some of these old films, like certain things, Halloween. Well, first of all, the Halloween franchise is chopped up so many different ways. There's like three or four different, like we have the rights to all of them, but it's three different companies, four different companies, you know? Yeah. Um, But in some cases, so like for Halloween, we work directly with, uh, well, it's Trankus pictures, but compass was the original name of the company, but we work directly with Mustafa Khan's son and, and, and Ryan over there. So we send it directly to them. They approve it. Um, we, John Carpenter doesn't have to look at it or anything, but in the case of something like ET, for example, or JAWS, it's universal, but Steven Spielberg and Amblin have to look at it. So it's a secondary, um, approval process. So we can submit it to universal, but anything that's Amblin has to go through them and that they make their notes and send it back through. If it's just another universal property, then universal has to approve it. Um, sometimes Hmm. talent has rights. So if you have, yeah. A lot of times you don't get likeness rights, so you can't use the person's face, but if you can, they might have approval or you have to get permission from them to use their face in a certain way. So it's every title and everyone is different. Like we've run the gamut at this point. We kind of know what we're getting into and we kind of already know, like if we're going to do this film, we probably know what the deal is and we just have to ask and, and make sure, okay, which one is it? Do we have full likeness rights? Like there's some times where I was just talking to someone earlier and they're like, oh no, we have you have full likeness rights for all of the the characters in this film. I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> like it's Thank you. <laughs> right. Cause it makes it easier. About. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, you can't use anything. And you're like, well, then what am I going to do? Like, I'll give you an example. And I think it's because the rights are still a little messed up, but we tried to get Friday night from Sony and they're like, you literally cannot use anything from this film, except the logo. You can't do anything. Um, and I was like, um, then I'm not, I mean, it was a lot of money too, like a ton of money, like for that title. And I was like, that's ridiculous. But I think a lot of it is because you're seeing a lot of these writer directors in some cases. And I know you probably know about this for Friday 13th and other things. The rights yeah. are getting all kind of weird if, the, if companies hadn't like renewed things. So I think in that case, I think Tom Holland is starting to get some rights back. So they don't want to do anything because they don't want to get sued. So they're like, nope, you can't do anything. We can give you the logo, but that's it. But who's going to use that? yeah no
1: it's it's an issue we we see that in the physical media all the time in the like that friday the 13th set from from shout factory was probably nothing short of a miracle that they got everybody on board to sign off on it um there was a Mm -hmm. reason why you could only get the first i think it was the first six or maybe eight that they would sell in a set and the others were separate and it was it was a mess all over the place um and fright nights another one that is is hard to get your hands on and yeah, these things are. It it affects everything. It affects so much, and it, it kind of sucks. It's sad because like a movie like Fright Night is so big, and it sucks yeah. that you can't you can't make a good T shirt for it because all you get's the logo. They can't get it out on Blu Ray or 4K because there's rights issues and they're worried about it. And then these movies, I don't know. I mean, they start to they start to lose the public eye after a while if you're not if you're not out there in the public where something like Halloween has been so. I feel like. I mean, I don't know. I've never worked with them, but I feel like they're very open to trying new things and doing things, <laughs> yeah. and merchandising and yeah. posters, shirts. We're gonna sell rights to Blumhouse and let them do a trilogy. Like they've been open with allowing that character and in in that story to pass around. And it's now. I mean, when's the last time you saw Freddy or Jason on the screen? And it's, you know, Michael Myers is front and front and center for the last few
0: years. And is having a resurgence, so I feel which like ironic, right? because everyone else is... No, I agree and, and obviously with Friday 13th and even you know, Nightmare on Elm Street with the Craven Estate, with rights reverting back to them yeah. in some cases, like, I, I just think it's what you said, it was great because the irony is in the 80s, you know, you had a new Jason movie every year and a new Freddy movie right. almost every year, at least towards the end, and you had no new Michael movies for 10 years, you know what I mean, or, or 8, 7 years, I should say. Um, obviously, there was Halloween 3, which I love, but You know, part two came out in 81 and part four came out in 88. So there was a gap, you know what I mean? Where in between that you had all these Jason movies. But now it's like Michael is everywhere. And yeah, Jason and Freddy, it's like you got to got to keep them alive. And unfortunately, I know there's been merch in the past, but moving forward, there's really not going to be any new merch unless they get this deal taken care of. I mean, there is no new merch. I've talked to Warner Brothers. We cannot get the rights to Friday the 13th or Nightmare on the Street. And anybody who has the rights right now can only put out the stuff that was approved before all this happened. So it's because there there is
1: I I know the Friday the 13th issues is is there a similar issue with Nightmare on Elm Street? Because I yeah, I I, sort of know, but I don't know as in depth as Friday.
0: I don't actually know it as in depth either. My understanding um, from what I've heard um, is there's something to do with the Freddy character being owned by the Craven estate. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that hurts the ability to create new movies and things. I could be wrong about that, but that was my understanding when I've talked to people that that was sort of the holdup. And so now the rights for certain things have been broken up. I I feel like Warner probably still has the rights to the films maybe in distribution, but then with the character involved. So I don't know. I actually don't know the full scoop on that one. Um, I just know that, you know, we, we couldn't even, even if they wanted to give us the rights, like even if because Warner brothers is one of those studios that we haven't been able to get into for whatever reason. And it's, I've I've talked to them literally every few months and, um, been to their offices. I mean, we've met several times and they just don't want to take any, any other licensees on right now, which is fine. You know, they're, they've got other things to do. They've got the Harry Potter franchise. They're doing other big things, you know, the rings and stuff. But, um, so it's not a big deal for them. Um, but even if, even if they were like, yeah, you know, we'll give you the rights to all these other films. We still couldn't get Friday the 13th or nightmare on Elm street. So, I mean, I was told hmm. that out flat out. So,
1: yeah, that's, it, it's got me wondering cause there hasn't been a nightmare on Elm street. I'm thinking Blu-ray and everyone always asks, where is the complete set of that? That's been, you know, restored right. and remastered shouts. It sounds Shout factory did the first five Halloweens on 4k. It sounds like they're probably going to do the rest of them this year. There's rumors. I mean, it makes sense they did the friday the 13th where's freddy where's nightmare on elm street and yeah. there hasn't been anything in there there's one standard package you can still buy i think with all the movies but it's an old release yeah i got that one re- yeah release yeah i mean that's what everyone has but we're like well where's the big like box set that celebrates this fr- and there's been absolutely nothing and no rumors and no real talk about it so it makes sense and there is always that issue of like yeah Wes craven owns freddy and everything around Freddie in the movie is Warner brothers. And it's like, we can't do much without Freddie. So that's kind of stuck in the mud there. Interesting. Um, I've heard that about some other movies where it's like, they own the character, but not the, not the story and not the, the franchise, but just the individual character who's the biggest character and is essential. So that's, it's tough, but we do, we see the, I see the same thing happening with, with physical media releases. Um, it's hard, but, you know, as a collector, we always want the latest and greatest. And it does suck that these iconic characters, Jason and Freddie, are kind of out of the limelight right now. And I see, I see Michael Myers on TikTok now trending. And I'm like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got longevity. People are doing this Michael Myers challenge where they, they, uh, <laughs> you send one of your friends to try to run and unlock the door of the house while you walk behind him and see if you can catch up before he gets in that's pretty Um,
0: cool i haven't seen that one but i gotta i gotta check that out
1: it's it's been going around some of the movie uh chant of the tiktoks that i follow is yeah it's just like i'm gonna walk at normal speed you run and try to get in the house we'll see how realistic it is for him to kill you and like half the time the people can't get in and their friends are getting them with like a wiffle ball bat um but it's just amazing because these they're like, like 16 18 20 years old and it's like michael myers is front and center that's the guy you see him everywhere um Freddie and Jason are gone. Sucks because they shouldn't be. They're great. They're great characters. Michael Myers is my favorite. I don't know about you. Halloween's still my favorite. But
0: yeah, oh yeah, I like I, I mean, Michael is. Pr- I mean, it's funny because I've always I is, I love Jasons and I I always love watching Friday Thirteens because I feel like as a whole that franchise, as crazy as it is, it feels more cohesive. <laughs> Whereas Halloween's yeah. always been a choose your own adventure. Which timeline it's, you want to follow? Um, yeah, I mean, Michael will always be my it is. It totally is, <laughs> but the multiverse of Myers, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, It really, it, but I think it's still my favorite. I mean, yeah, Michael is just, he's the one that got me started in all of this and, and as a kid, so I mean, it's my favorite, you know? And to see other kids yeah. like that on TikTok and doing this stuff is great, because like you said, it's continuing on this legacy, and what I love about The new trilogy is it's a new look for Michael. So now you're seeing that look become almost as iconic as the original mask. And obviously they're very similar, but this one's old and decrepit and stuff. But you're seeing people wear that mask around. Like you're not seeing people that much in a Halloween 4 mask or 5 mask, right? You're seeing them in either a part 1 or a 2018 mask. And I think that speaks to, again, the fandom. Like we're doing shirts for it. You know, NECA's is doing toys for it. This is like... It's it's for us, you know, of our age, but it's also for younger people that are coming up into this. And I don't know. It's just it's great to see it and celebrate it. And it should be for these other franchises, too. I
1: know. Hopefully they'll get there someday. They'll work out their legal stuff and and we'll get there because you're right. I, I feel the same way. Like Halloween was the one that got me into this and I probably watched it. Way too young. But I watched I watched it on AMC, to be fair. So it was like a TV cut when they do their, their fear. Oh, okay. What do they call it? Fear Fest fear every Fest. year. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, I mean, that's what I was wa- – I'd come home from school, and if it was October, I knew like October 1st through the end of October, that's what I'm doing when I come home in the fourth grade or whatever. And I'm, I'm just watching whatever they put on. So it was usually Halloween. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved saw the new franchise too.
0: I saw the network premiere of Halloween on October 30th, 1981 um oh, i wasn't I was, around for that one <laughs> i was four years old and okay. i was literally at like our friends like uh, friends of ours like owned this deli they lived in it like behind it and above it and we were just over there hanging out like for a halloween party and my brothers and sister were awesome. off and those other kids were off my mom was like i was bored my mom was just like go watch tv and i was like okay and i sat down and clicked on one of the three channels and it was nbc and it was the movie yep. a friday night movie And I actually bought the TV guide from that week. So I have that, you know, because I just love all that stuff. And uh, I literally sat there just two feet away from the TV watching that movie. And that's like at that point, I was like, I don't even know what I just watched. But as a four year old, I was just like, I need to see more of that. And that's when, you know, (laughs) video stores just started coming out. We just bought a Betamax, we didn't even have VHS. And I would yep. look at all the movies and be like, who has like a mask and is killing people. Like it's all I wanted to see. <laughs> and my <laughs> parents, I was the youngest of four. They let me watch this stuff. No one else is going to do it. I was just me. <laughs> so yeah, Halloween, I, I'm right there with you in terms of seeing it too young. So.
1: Oh yeah. I think uh, I probably saw Jaws around the age of four or five. That one while, while staying on the Cape. So that one had an impact. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, there was a, Cape house I always I always tell a story but my grandparents had a cape house and they had jaws on VHS and I'm like five years old I go watch that and then I go to the beach and it's like no fear at that time I mean there were no sharks there were actually no sharks on the cape at that mm-hmm. time now it's like now you go and you're living it real life um wow. but I did the same with Halloween and a bunch of other stuff I probably watched way too young but I mean I it didn't hurt me I, hey I we turned out the, like, okay <laughs> I, that's that's what I, I love the whole like you you'll see it online and it's like oh that that guy he watched he watched too many scary movies and it screwed him all up and it's like I don't know if that's what did it um, probably not since there are right. billions of us who have watched the same movies and uh, knock on insane so I, <laughs> exactly. I'd probably say he's the outlier um, mm-hmm. I, I do wonder though when you started this brings up a question I want to ask so you're in like 2003 there's not a bunch of horror movie merchandise it was almost probably weird to wear something like this people probably looked at you sideways versus how like it's pretty accepted now like it was sort of this counterculture um did you get any like blowback from any like crazy like groups or anything who were like how dare you put this on a shirt this killer on a shirt and sell it or uh, i'm curious Mm -hmm. because i feel like that was always a thing. Uh, maybe it was past this, but like the satanic panic and everything in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. It was like if you wore a Halloween shirt in the 90s, people would probably be like, all right, oh, that yeah. guy's in a cult and he's killing goats and maybe kids and like is crazy. <laughs> it was just so absurd. Um, did no, you ever I get any sort of
0: feedback? I don't remember. Probably because, first of all, especially in the first few years – none of those people would have known about me. Right. I was so under the radar with what I was doing that it was just the people that would have worn the stuff that knew about freight rags. Right. I mean, over the the years, I think we've, yeah, right. Exactly. I think over the years (laughs) we've probably received, you know, especially now with social media and it's so funny. Sometimes I'll jump on social media and see like stuff that we post and people will be like, you know, um, they'll say something. I'll be like, are you, are you following us? Like, why would you follow us if you think like that's too, like, I don't understand right. why this, I mean, may, I understand things pop up in your feed and maybe the hashtags, used, I don't know, but I'm like, if you're that far on one side of things, how did we show up in your radar? And like, why, like, why are you following us? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't get it, right. but whatever. I just kind of go, I don't know, whatever it is, what it is. I just keep doing our thing. I mean, you know, some people actually, it's the other way sometimes where people be like, that's not horror. Or you're like, we get this one person's like, you're playing it too safe. You're always playing it too safe of what you're doing. And I'm like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, I don't honestly personally don't feel like doing cannibal holocaust or like, you know, Serbian mm. film on this is not what I would do on a shirt. So I don't know what you want us to do, but like, we're doing things that we like. And also some of that stuff you can't get rights to very easily. So, you know, yeah people might not like us doing et or like dark crystal or something but i'm like yeah but i was a fan of that stuff so i'm gonna do it and it's still within my wheelhouse so if you don't like it you can keep scrolling no one's forcing you to buy it it's <laughs> you know what I mean? true and that
1: and that stuff even et darker that stuff's like sort of horror adjacent, adjacent. like yeah. like like it is i mean it those are the types of movies that you'd maybe those are the ones you should watch when you're five and that sort of gets you, (laughs) gets you into it a little bit. Cause I mean, ET's got some scenes that I remember as a kid being like, this is terrifying when the, the government comes in and strips the whole house and you know, the kids in the the clean room and they got the hazmat suits. I mean, that's, that's scary stuff. That's not, I saw that
0: in the theater when I was, so that came out in 82. So it's 40 years ago. So I was, that was the summer of 82. So I was four at the time. And that was after I saw Halloween so that was because I saw that in October 81. I was probably more scared of E.T. because I did not want him to yeah. die. I cried my eyes out and screamed all the way home, like after the movie and like ran inside because my mom was like wasn't with us. It was my my dad took up me and my brother's and my sister. I ran inside and I told my mom, he almost died. It was like I was like upset about that movie. Um, mm-hmm. and that's still one of my top probably three films of all time uh, but that's anyway awesome. yeah so it's just funny when people are like that's not horror enough and I'm like okay like did we say we we're only going to do this one thing I understand we're about Fright Rags but like you know I like that movie too <laughs> you know
1: right yeah you don't have to put yourself in you don't have to pigeonhole yourself I mean the, and exactly. there is clearly an attachment from those movies to at, at least those are movies that probably developed Some horror fans because they saw that when they were five six seven years old and you know it is it ties back in um i do how how do you feel about those movies like the uh the serbian film the cannibal holocaust the stuff like that because i just i I draw a line i think for myself right around Hostel, maybe Mm -hmm. is where i draw a line and i go that's about as dark as i want to get before it just turns into real just I don't know, depravity. And I, I I don't know, I can't, I can't watch those. I don't enjoy them. I know some people do, and they really like them. And people always ask me to review this or that. And I'm like, guys, I gotta be honest, like, I don't even own them. I don't really want to own them. I feel bad owning them. So I I just stay away from that stuff. But there is that sort of, there's that community within a community of horror who wants everything to be like sort of hardcore. And it's, it's not enough. The Halloween movies even that have come out recently, which are pretty gory it's like we want more there should have been more it's like those are brutal on a yeah. on a mainstream scale like those are yeah. brutal um but i just can't get into that other stuff
0: yeah i'm not I'm, i'll am i be honest i'm not into it either like when i was younger you know i watched stuff like i spit on your grave and last house on the left and i'll be honest yeah, like even you know, I, I spit can, on your I grave that. i that I, I mean i think i've only seen it once because i can't it's not one of those hey it's friday night i want to pop on and i spit on your <laughs> grave and grab some popcorn like no. That's not a movie, it, it is, and, and again, I I respect that film. We did shirts for it, uh, yeah. was it last year, two years ago, and actually they contacted us about doing shirts again for the anniversary, and I, I I think it has its place, and I love the fact that people have taken ownership over that film and used that as like a way to help them process things that happen in their life, and I've seen that sure. a lot online, so I respect yep. that it exists. I just, I can't sit there and go, I want to watch that movie, because that just, I, I can't it's so hard to watch the first half, obviously. Um, but it's funny, like, yeah, I like Cannibal Holocaust and those films, even the Serbian film, I'm just that's not something I gravitate to. And especially, you know, I've gotten older, I have kids, I'm right. I'm just in a different spot in my life. So when I want to sit down and watch you. a movie, it does. And I yeah, I, I listen, we watch like we do this terror tweet every Saturday night with my friends, we live tweet movies and like we watched um it was, was the first time watching me actually. It was the remake of Hills Have Eyes. I've seen the original. Um, and okay. that's there's definitely some moments in that film that I was not expecting and people were kind of bracing me for it. But I was in this weird mindset that night where I was just having a really good time with it. Like it not that I was I was laughing at it, but not in a jokey way, just sort of like I keep, this is crazy. Like, oh my god. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. and so, but that's that's got some moments in it where you're like, ooh, okay, oh, that's yeah. disturbing. Um but I again I don't I don't go to that stuff for fun i i just i want to sit back and be entertained and i do love blood and gore and i love the fact that the new halloween films are more brutal and i, I i'm into it but there's a there's a line that i draw <laughs> for sure
1: yeah no i hear you too okay i think people assume because i am i mean horror is probably my number one that's my genre that's the one i gravitate towards and so people are always like well do this do that or some of these Japanese films that have been made that are, I'm just like, I can't even look at the cover of that DVD. Never mind, watch it. It's, I mean, it's just too much for me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some artistic merit to it. Sure. And I don't know, because I've never seen them. And if, you know, I respect the people who make them and they have their reasons, like you said, I mean, it might help you process something or, you know, there's reasons why movies like that get made, but man, I can't sit through them. Maybe I'm getting soft as I get older, but (laughs) I started once, once I had my kid and then like, you're just like, man, the world's, the world's rough enough as it is. Do I need to put myself through this? Like I could just watch the news. (laughs) Dude, I'm
0: with you. And I'll tell you, like you said about the kids, like when I had my, my first child, my daughter back in 2006, I remember, you know, I would be up with her at night and I would watch movies. And I remember, you know, I had on, I think I had watched Cujo one night. And I cried my eyes mm-hmm. out, and I watched, and I'd seen that movie thousand, <laughs> you know, a thousand times. Pet Cemetery, I've seen that movie hundreds of times. I, I literally, st- I could not watch that movie for about ten years. Like I was like, mm. uh, nope, like uh, because that wrecked me so much. I mean, again, yeah. I've seen the movie many, many times. I've read the book. I, I obviously I know everything that's going to happen. I've seen it. It's just I couldn't deal with it because for a l- little while when I had my kids, it it really affected me now they're older. So it feels a little like I can watch more stuff like that and not worry yeah. as much, although you're still a parent, so it still affects you in a way. But when they were real young, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. This is too, too much for me.
1: Yeah. I'm sort of in that phase right now. It's like, if there's, it's like, if the kid's like under 10 years old and they're in the movie and I know that even if I've seen it before, but I know like, Oh, something horrible is going to happen. I'm like, no, I, I guess I need a 10 year break too until they're like teenagers and then I don't know, maybe I'll be able to process it better. And for some reason, I don't know, I never have an issue with like the, the teenage babysitters getting getting
0: picked up. I know, off. right? Like, like my my <laughs> daughter, so bad, my daughter's but... <laughs> turning sixteen this year. And I'm like, I you know, a lot of these kids in these movies are around that age or right, they're they're right. supposed to be that age, right? And yeah, they not really bother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's why it doesn't bother me as much. But I'm like, my daughter's around the age that I started watching, you know, the movies that I watched yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis,
1: right, was only yeah, what 18, was, right?
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing, like that's a weird thing to think about. I never really thought about that until you just mentioned that, but for sure like <laughs> when they were much younger, it was it was a harder deal. You you'll be fine when, when your kids are older.
1: That's what I figured. Then you can watch them with them, right? And then it becomes more enjoyable to Dude, watch. Dude, my these son is 12.
0: Yeah, my my daughter doesn't like the movies so much, but my son is 12 and he watches everything in fact he like he'll watch stuff like he watched stranger things before i did and i was like oh my god like i just finished it up last night finally but we've talked about that but we Mm -hmm. can watch and he loves halloween he loves all the older horror movies he watches the new stuff like and it's cool because like i took him to see the new scream i took him to see the new halloween movie like we're enjoying it together and that's really cool because he seems to genuinely like it He's not like he's trying to like it because of me which is good because i don't look if they don't like it they don't like it it's fine but He's genuinely into the stuff, so it's like I can share my love of it with him because my, my wife's not really not into it. Obviously, my daughter's not into it, so you know, I got someone in the house that likes it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I we'll see. We're still too young to find out. He's only ten months, but I uh I do yeah, take yeah. him in, and I I take him in the room. And the other day, I was I put him in front of the because uh, I'm trying to. I'm not trying to like desensitize him, but I'm trying to be mm-hmm. like, hey, like dad has some crazy stuff in the house that i just want you to get used to um and yeah he thinks it's hilarious i don't know why i was just like i have my michael myers i have like a whole bust that a guy created i mm-hmm. put the trick-or-treat studio yeah, i saw that it looks great yeah yeah it's the guy who did it slash house studios um he incredible work um but i go in there and i'm just like poking him on the nose and like making a funny noise and he's like laughing at it i'm like okay this is good this is you know, nothing to be afraid of. Fictional character. We don't need to freak out. There are many more things you can be afraid of in life. Um, don't worry about Uncle Mikey over here. He's just going to watch over you. <laughs> so,
0: oh, yeah. I, in my I, old office at my old house um, before we moved here, I had all my masks up. They're at my my main office now, like our office warehouse. But like in my home office, at, I had all my Michael Myers masks, Jason masks, Freddie yeah. bust, gloves, everything. Up. And my kids love that. And their friends were so always scared to go in that room. And my kids were like, <laughs> What are you scared of? I've, they'd wear the masks. It was like "Yep." It, I have video of my son sitting eating breakfast, and he's got Michael Myers and, and Freddie next to me. He's like, That's Michael Myers, that's Freddie. And he's like, He's blue, <laughs> he's black or red, and like he's literally and he's listening to the music. And like he, he he couldn't eat it was like a stretch of like two or three months when he was like literally two years old. He would not eat. It's like breakfast without them next to him. Like he had to have them there. I'm like, okay, fine. So you're right. It is a so- form of desensitization, but not in a bad way. You're just, you know, making sure that are no, not more just like stuff.
1: there's the, yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of here. Right. If you, I mean, if you want something to be afraid of, I mean, let's sit down and we can talk, <laughs> we can right. talk about things to be afraid of, but right. no, yeah, I am. I'm not like purposely trying to be like, don't be afraid of things and don't ever cry yeah. and don't, you know, be a tough guy. Like, no, sure. but At the same time, like, this is not the stuff that should freak you out. But you're right. I've had, my my wife has younger siblings, and, like, she's (laughs) she's got a 12-year-old brother who stayed over. And when they stay over, my home office and movie room is the third bedroom. So it's like they stay in here in an air mattress. And he was like, "Uh, can you turn all the masks around so that they're not looking at me when I sleep? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I totally get why that might be weird in the middle of the night. Um, Granted, I don't sleep in this room. So maybe it is a little scarier at 2am when you wake up and they're peering down at you. But um, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I did want to ask about your collection, though, because I feel like you have i don't we talked a little bit of, about it before we even get on here uh, about you have like the original halloween poster and um so well halloween 2 4 and 5 i think you said you had and yeah one um,
0: two four and five i have originals of yep
1: which is unbelievable like incredible and then i, I love the posters behind you we were talking the artwork on those it's mm-hmm. awesome um like, what are some of the, what are some of the big things in the collection? And like, what are your, you know, what's your movie collection like too, I guess? Like, what are we, are you pretty much focused on horror or do you, do you spread out?
0: Yeah. So, mo- well, movie wise, I have a movie f- like theater room right behind this wall behind me. So okay. I have uh, it's, I've got a, pro- a projector, it's 4k 3d, I've got a 110 inch widescreen and I've got 7.1.2 sound in there and I've got nice. everything's housed in a closet um, behind it so nothing's in the room itself except the little porthole where the projector come you know beams out yeah and um, all my movies so I've probably got I think I've got total I think I've got about 12 or 1300 DVDs most of them are blu-rays, but I've been getting way more 4ks lately and replacing ones and I'm the type of person as soon as I get a 4k version of the movie as long as there's no extra version or something on the blu-ray, I get rid of it yeah like, like I don't yeah. usually unless it's something like Halloween where I, I keep everything. Um, same thing with DVD. I used to have all DVDs yep. and now I only have a few DVDs because I've replaced everything. So I've circulated out a lot of movies. Um, but it is probably, I'd probably say 90% horror and then 10% just stuff that I like, you know, comedies, whatever. Um, and I, i still buy them all the time. I'm still buying a bunch of stuff. And there's still a ton that I haven't even watched. And I just bought, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause I want to have it for the collection. Um, As far as like stuff, like I have a bunch of figures and masks at the office. Um, I've got a whole, our conference room has tons of like trick or treat masks that I've gotten. But I've also got like the stuff that my friend, you know, Justin Mabry made from Trick or Treat Studios, like his own custom stuff that I've had for years. Or um, I have like a custom Freddy silicone mask. I have some custom uh, Freddy gloves that uh, Anders from Nightmare Gloves made. Um, I've had those for a long time. And so some of the other things that I, I'm just kind of like look, looking around here, um, I've got some things that I really love are animation cells. Uh, I don't have a ton okay. of them, but I have like, – like Garfield's Halloween Adventure was a huge deal for me when I was a kid. I still have – it first aired in 1985, and I have it taped on beta. Um, and we were actually able to work <laughs> with Jim Davis and, and do shirts for it for the anniversary – well, now it was seven years ago, I guess, because it was 2015 mm-hmm. – but I have one of the cells matted and framed from when they're looking at the haunted house and it's signed by Jim Davis, like happy Halloween, Jim Davis. That's awesome. Um, I've got animated cells from creep show two. Cause that's like one of my favorites. Um, and the the bumper uh, sequence from that. So I've got the one where the kids up in the Venus fly trap, I actually met the animator <laughs> and he sold me some of the originals and that one's pretty big. And I've got another one where he's got the magazine and as a kid, my favorite show, was he man i've got two animated cells from that um so that's cool and that, that's not something i'm actively seeking to like buy but when it comes across like when i can yeah. get and it, it makes sense for me to get it like if it's with team or something like that i'm like i gotta have it um honestly like i i don't collect as much i don't want to say i don't collect as much horror stuff anymore but it's like i have a lot and it's like Yeah, I don't need to keep adding a lot, especially because I also keep the stuff that we do. And we've been doing some figures and lunch boxes and stuff. So it's like, I have that, like I've got to find a place for that stuff. And so I also need to find places for all these other things. So, um, Oh, one, I guess one of the other standouts in my collection, I have a few movie props. So like on my bookshelf over there, I have some of the books they used from, uh, Rob zombies, Halloween. They, um, the dr loomis books i've got a few of those Ooh. props and some of the uh, uh um screen used um name plates and stuff from from the uh the people in the Senate, the asylum um yep. and from friday the 13th 2009 i have the hockey stick that they used um i have the machete that when she's crawling through the tunnel at the end and he stabs her spoiler alert um I have that machete, and it's cool because it's broken in half with a big metal piece around it, so you put it on your shoulder, and so it looks like it's going through. Um, And then I have, at the very end of that movie, if you remember, that wood chipper, uh, he gets caught in it and gets pulled up, and when he breaks the beam and lands and he picks up that piece of wood and smacks uh, that dude over the head, I have that piece of wood. It's actually foam, but it's made it look like wood. Um, So I have those, which is cool, and I've just got a bunch of other stuff that I've collected over the years, but like Those are the things that I, you know, are probably like my more, I guess, prized possessions because they're unique, you know, Um, like I love figures and masks and stuff and I still collect some of those things, you know, but it's, I don't know, to me as I'm getting older, it's just the space that things take up. Yeah, you you feel like you're more uh, a steward of all these things and you have to figure out where to put it all like. For example, like during COVID, because I I play guitar, I started collecting more guitars. Like you can see some on my back wall there. But like, but to yep. me, I've focused a little bit more on that because it's a functional thing, and and I can play it. And not just have to dust it off every <laughs> every couple of months or something. Um, <laughs> right. Not that there's an Again, I I love collecting. It's just I've probably shifted, cooled off a little bit on getting all the stuff that you know all the stuff because there's a lot of stuff that comes out all the time. It's hard to keep. No, it, there is. You know.
1: And it, it, it's been a recurring topic with anybody I've talked to that has a collection and it made me rethink my stuff was just like how you curate and yes. fr- everything from down, you know, from the movies. And, you know, I, I purged, I, I talked about this in the movie room video. I did. I, but I, I purged probably four or 500 discs that I was like, wow. I just don't need them. I'm just not going to watch them. I don't need them. I will say I didn't get rid of a single horror movie because I refuse to, because no matter how bad or good it is, I'm like, I, I, can't do it, um, but I purged a lot of stuff, and I have been way pickier with like what I buy when it comes to posters. And like I used to be like, okay, yeah, Shell Factory's putting out this release, and uh, yep, I'm going to pay the fifty bucks and get the poster and the two slip covers, and and it was like, okay, and then that's going to sit in a tube mm-hmm. for five years because I don't have a place to hang the poster. So I've been. I've been way pickier on on what I get, and I've kind of gone in harder on specifically the stuff I like. The Halloween stuff, like you, I've kept all my releases, the VHS tapes, the Blu-rays. I have some signed stuff that I John Carpenter signed for me, and um, you know, I, I keep that. I keep all the Jaws stuff because that's my number one movie. Um, and I am hunting down props, although I'll say for those two movies, it's like you better hit the lottery <laughs> to get a prop from Jaws or Halloween. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll get lucky. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things like I do really want to curate. And it is important because you don't want it to turn into like a, it almost becomes like a mental health issue at a certain point where you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm overwhelmed and mm-hmm. anxious about even walking into this room because there's stuff everywhere. And when you hit that point, you know, it's not good. And it's like, you're not enjoying it anymore. So get rid of some stuff, keep the stuff you really like and get pickier with what you buy after talking to a lot of people on this podcast, I've definitely said, yep, I need to get pickier and I need to get, you know, more curated. And I've felt way better about walking into this room um, mm. in the last couple of months. So it's weird. This podcast has been like collector therapy almost. It's, it's been, it's been very helpful for the collector in me. Um, but it's I totally get where you're coming from.
0: I, I need that too. Cause like, I'm the same way. Like this is like, this is like a kind of a well, it's an addition to our house. So this is my home office. I have a movie theater room back there. There's a kitchen and full mm-hmm. bathroom. It's like, it's a nice area. And, and it's mostly windows. So that's why I don't have a lot of wall space to put stuff up. Um, yep. And then I have my office warehouse downtown, but I still have like right beneath me in our, our, this is underneath this part of the house There's a crawl space. Um, I've got, well, first of all, probably got over a thousand t-shirts under there because I keep one of everything. So that's <laughs> literally taking up space and in the warehouse too. But um, I've got all this stuff in boxes and it's, and you're right. Like if you start walking in here, like there'll be times I purge, like I have a bookshelf over here. I just purged a bunch of books. Um, I'll get, I'll look at around things and be like, I, I'm never going to do anything with this. I need to just yeah. either donate it or sell it or just give it to somebody. Like same thing with the movies. Like I I probably have a stack of a hundred to 200 movies in my movie room right now that I need to get rid of. And a lot of times we'll do giveaways on Instagram. It's like we give away popcorn in a movie so we'll just hand you know get them out sometimes i just write notes on them and put them in people's orders and don't even think about it um or people (laughs) at at my office you know they'll be like oh you got that can i you know i'll bring a stack in then i'll be like have at it if you want them take them like it's totally cool cool with me um because it's just if it's going to somebody that's appreciating it then it's fine like very rarely have i gotten rid of something that i've really missed you know um yeah the one thing i did purchase recently in the past year that was probably the, one of the craziest things that I've gotten in recent times, other than like the guitars that I buy, but, uh, was that Halloween pinball machine. Um, that thing was, (laughs) it was the collectors, uh, limited edition one they did. I'm like, I, I gotta have that. So that's at the office. That's, (laughs) that is a lot of fun. I'm glad I got that because it was fun to play, but, uh, that was a splurge.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I can imagine, but that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that is like it, like you said, like it. I would rather. I would definitely rather the movies go to somebody. Like I, I sold a, a bunch in bulk for a buck or two to somebody who wanted to start a collection, and it, mm-hmm. it was like good stuff. It wasn't like I was dumping bad stuff. If some of it yeah. was was upgrades, some of it was stuff I had duplicates of because people, once they find out you collect movies, then people start giving you movies, and it's like, uh, oh yeah, I have I, oh, I have eighty yeah. percent of what most people give me because it's all the popular stuff that everybody owns. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I I felt better about that and I've donated some and, um, even given some stuff away to like, uh, my, my wife was a teacher before we had the the kid. Now she stays home, but like, I, I'd be like, Hey, I got this, I got this t-shirt for this movie that came in. Like, uh, I don't know, give it a, give it away. Give it to some kid in your class. It's like a medium t-shirt. It's not going to fit me for any, (laughs) never in my entire (laughs) life. Like, you know, give it away or give them away some of the toys or something. So I feel way better about that than just like having everything sitting around so yeah it's a it's an important lesson that you learn i think as you <laughs> as the space starts to close in on you mm-hmm. like you're in the trash compactor in star wars um, yeah. that's how it feels sometimes and that's when i said okay it's time
0: but, yep now i'm with you man you, you end up becoming <clears throat> custodian of all this stuff and you're just like yeah eh. oh i will right. say sorry i was just thinking about the two other things in my collection that are probably are because we were just talking about these movies but i do have an original 35 millimeter print of halloween and i've got one of halloween 4 and then i've also got lady in white which was one of my favorites as a kid and then the other movie um uh, Frank did was, uh, loja did was fear, no evil. He sold those prints to me himself. Those were actually his original master prints that he made that he was shopping around the studios and he actually sold them because I, he made that movie in and around Rochester. And I just love that lady in white specifically and fear, no evil as well. Um, But yeah, Halloween, so that was another one, like Halloween, the 35mm print, like, we have been showing that at a local theater every year since I bought it, like, several years ago, and the studio lets us, you know, show it, and they usually don't let people show prints of it, because those prints are gnarly, like, in fact, I was told by the theater this year, because they clean it for me, and they take care of it, and they're like, you probably shouldn't show this again, it's gonna be, (laughs) you're gonna risk something to it, so now it's just, like, in a collection, and Halloween 4 is actually a pristine print, but, I started on that rabbit hole and it, like you were just saying in terms of like, I can't keep collecting this stuff cause it's going to take up a lot of room and a lot of money. And I just, so I'm glad I got Halloween. That's like, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> I would,
1: know? I would love that. Yeah. Anything like it, it, it's, it's your favorites. I mean, if Halloween's your yeah. favorite, then you go and hunt exactly. down everything, you know, for Halloween. And if something comes right. up, you're not going to say no. I mean, that's, that's the way I am. Like I said, I, I won't buy those show factory releases, but they did limited editions for Halloween. And <laughs> you know, I bought all of those. Oh yeah, <laughs> so me too. I bought the big box set with the with the me poster too. and the vinyl and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, it's Halloween. Now, if you do that for something else, even other John Carpenter stuff that I love, I probably just get the standard stuff, but you know, Halloween sure. specifically jaws specifically, you know, there's a few that I'll splurge on. So I think it's a, it's a healthy way to collect though. I'd recommend exactly. it to I agree do a purge every once in a while. You, you'll feel you really would. It, it, it's hard at first, but like, you'll feel good about it when you're done. You really will. And like yep. you said, you, you end up not missing. If you're willing to put it in a box and say, I'm going to purge this. You're not going to miss it. Realistically. Yep. You might miss it for a minute when it goes out of sight. And then you're going to forget you even owned it. I can't even tell you what I gave away a couple months ago. Like I don't, I don't remember. Cause I wasn't going to watch them again. I couldn't name the movies. So
0: yeah, it's same, healthy. Same here. Yeah. I, I'm with you.
1: But yeah, so I, um, I've got I've to gotta jump off here because this is my lunch break. If, if, anyone's, <laughs> if anyone's wondering why all the podcast episodes are like roughly one hour on the dot, um, that would be because I work the real job and I do these on lunch break a lot of times. <laughs> so that is why they're almost like one hour exactly, unless I get somebody at night or on a weekend, which is tough for me. Uh, Too, because I'm busy. Um, yeah, yeah. There was like an hour, so I hate I hate being like, all right, it's been an hour. Um, but I think this is a really good conversation, and as always, like I'd love to have you back, and we can talk about sure. you know whatever if something comes up, and we'll keep working together. I do want to plug our our promo code because you films at home listeners watchers uh, films at home ten you get ten percent off at Fright Rags. So I'll put the links in the, the episode descriptions on YouTube and on Spotify and everywhere. Use the code, get 10% off and get yourself a couple shirts. Cause I'm telling you, I've got this boogeyman club and you guys are going to want that. And I got, Oh, what the other two I got, I got the jaws crew t-shirt, which mm-hmm. I loved. Um, so cool. I'm going to wear that on the Cape this summer and make, uh, nobody's going to think I was working on the movie, but I want them to, <laughs> um, and then, uh, escape from New York. But there's so, so many more. Um, and honestly, I'll say this, uh, and I meant to bring this up earlier. I have such a hard time with graphic t-shirts because I'm, mm. I'm six, two and a half, pushing six three. I'm not a small guy. I'm 250, 260 pounds. Double XL does not mean the same thing everywhere you go. <laughs> I, right. I have had some that are belly shirts and some that are like, okay, mm-hmm. I look like I'm wearing a cardboard box. And I have to say the Fright Rag stuff, it's like it's long enough for me but it's not super wide. So it gives you a nice, like it has a form to it, which you don't always get with bigger shirts. <laughs> like I, I just have to give you props. Cause I, I have bought and thrown away or donated so many graphic tees, especially like movie stuff. Cause they're, they can be a dime a dozen sometimes. Yeah. And your stuff just fits better than probably anything I've got. It has some good, like stretch to it and it fits. So if you're a bigger guy, Fright rags. I'd recommend you'll get a awesome. you'll get an actual authentic sized double XL that doesn't look like a a tarp, which is always the key. <laughs> Sometimes oh, cool, they just man. go wider <laughs> and they don't get longer. Yeah, you know? so it's,
0: no, it's true. I, I've seen that too, where you hold them up against each other and like, what's different? And they just yeah, one side one right. dimension goes, and, and like, the other ones are like yeah.
1: I didn't get any shorter. I'm still six too, just cause I ordered <laughs> right. a bigger, it's, I'm yep. usually, I could wear like an extra large if they were long enough, but they never yeah. make them, you know, so it's always double XL right. and then you have to guess, but fright rags props to you. So if you're a big guy or a small guy or girl, whatever, they've got the size and the stuff fits nice. So I, I recommend it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. So I'll definitely, uh, I'll be getting some more and, uh, I keep wearing in my videos cause I love them and I think other people love seeing them. I always get comments <laughs> when I wear the shirts, like the boogeyman club or um, awesome. it's just, I, I love it ties in with the channel nicely too. Instead of me wearing just my plain gray t-shirts, I can uh, finally mix in some movie stuff. So
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Appreciate you guys and what you're doing and the designs you're putting out are great. So props to you and the team and any of the artists you got out there working and the graphic designers, like it's, it's top notch stuff and the quality's great. So there's my
0: thanks man
1: there's my two minute ad pitch for fright rags for (laughs) you but but it is i believe in it it is good stuff guys so seriously joe go check them out i'll leave all those links and um where can they find you should i just let you know we talking like twitter fright rags instagram fright rags Is that the best place
0: yeah twitter and and fright rags or twitter and instagram both at fright rags um and dabbling in TikTok a little bit more these days but not a ton um Love it. we'll see how where that goes um talk to me but, uh, i'll do so,
1: you know yeah. we can work it out
0: all right cool yeah cuz yeah i know i got to i got to jump on there i got to start following more people so i got to follow you i got to jump on and start fo- you know it's one of those things I, I don't think about enough and i should so
1: it's hard but it it seems to work for everybody like no matter what yeah. your product or content is there's some I didn't expect TikTok to become anything and I've got like 70,000 followers on TikTok right now so that's great I mean it's gonna like surpass YouTube soon it's it's crazy but it's awesome at the same time so finding new people so we'll talk about that one but yeah I appreciate you coming on Um, definitely have you back and make sure you guys check out Fright Rags all those links will be in the description and follow them on social and uh, definitely go buy some shirts and get 10% off can't beat that
0: exactly all hey, right, man, Ben. Well, I appreciate me. it. I'll,
1: yeah, I'll let you go, and um, we'll talk soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, man.
1: All right, everyone. So that was our interview with Ben. I hope you enjoyed that. Ben is a super cool guy. Obviously, a really hard worker. He built this thing from the ground up himself. And I always, you know, really admire people who who do things like that. Um, you know, it's especially as somebody who's been trying to build this. Content creation business, whatever you want to call it from the ground up myself. uh, I really resonated with me, you know, his story. And um, I feel like I learned a lot in there. And, you know, maybe if you're thinking about starting a business, or you're just curious that, you know, the behind the scenes of a place like Fright Rags, and, you know, how these pieces of merchandise come together and all the licensing and sort of his story. Um, I, I love the transparency and all the behind the scenes he gave us. So hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want more like this, make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, or make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. So you get the video podcast and remember code films at home, 10 films at home, one zero, all one word. You'll get 10% off at FrightRags.com. So go support them. Ben is a great guy. They have absolutely incredible t-shirt quality which i know i talked about at the end of the episode can't beat the quality and their artwork and the graphics on their shirts are just incredible so go support them films and home 10 will get you 10 percent off but appreciate ben coming on we'll definitely have to have him back and work together with uh with him and fright rags on some more stuff so thanks everyone for listening slash watching wherever you are Appreciate it. have a great rest of your day stay safe out there and i'll talk to you soon coming soon be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us
0: out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.